This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. What is up, Rotoviz family? Welcome back to the On the Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On the Daily DFS. You can find me at Salito FF and my co host at Matt Jones, TFR, and TJ Calkins as well. We are here once again to lead you through the main slate and help you find your way into the green. It's week four, guys, and we are for the first time facing the reality of canceled football games due to positive COVID tests. The talk now is to push that game back to Monday and possibly as far back as Tuesday. It would be the first Tuesday night game since 2010 when the Vikings and Eagles were moved due to a major blizzard in Philly. Uh, In all likelihood, this game will be removed from the main slate, so we will remove it from the show tonight. And in only other really good news, guys, we don't have the Jets and Broncos on the main slate this week what's up fellas how was your week three uh next question most of my ladders man just had uh read Deontay die and i was like you know I, I had to be perfect otherwise so no good for me what about you matt yeah just uh i got darnolded uh with jonathan taylor <laughs> And uh, and Deontay uh, died on the field, so that was that was just about that. I had both of them in every lineup that I built, so not a not a great week. <laughs> yeah, it's been that type of year where we have that just all caps play, as TJ calls it, the guy that's a for sure thing, but they take that early injury and it just craters a lineup. So uh, we got to find out. And like I a hundred X this week, so. Say that again. I'm sorry. You're waiting for you to drop in with well, I 100x last week. Oh no, I I, I I won cash. Cash games were okay this week, but uh, nothing to speak of in, in tournaments. Just some cash and some cash showdown stuff as well, but nothing nothing to pay the bills with this week. Just the just the break even. But uh, guys, we have a nice semi full slate since we lost the game, and uh, let's jump right in with the Indianapolis Colts. Coming to Chicago at a 44 and a half total on this game. Uh, guys, we lost Paris Campbell. Speaking of players that created a lineup for me two weeks ago, we lost Paris Campbell. Uh, we now lost Michael Pittman, who we thought might step in and see some good action. That leaves us with T.Y. Hilton at, at a nice $5,300 price tag, but he's not really been the T.Y. Hilton we were hoping for. 
And does Zach Pascal get the juices flowing at all at 4,400, Matt? I mean, I guess as I guess as much as Zach Pascal could ever uh, make any juices flow. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I hadn't hadn't really uh, hadn't really thought much about it to be honest. I mean, I think realistically he's going to be like not owned at all, and I guess that's that's a good thing. Um, but there may be a reason that he's not going to be that owned. So I don't know, unless unless I'm missing uh, something glaring here, TJ. No, you're not missing anything glaring. Um, like it, on your side where you're making, you know, between one and ten lineups, I don't know if either of those guys are going to crack your build. And if they do, it's going to be like one of the ten. Right. Uh, for MME purposes, I, I believe both 100% have to be in the build. But if you're going over 15% on either one, I think you're uh, you're off the deep end on that. <laughs> well, then that brings me to Mo Ali Cox, who checks in at $3,900. And I think that of all the receivers on the uh, Indianapolis Colts, that's the guy you should be looking to squeeze into some lineups back-to-back weeks with touchdowns. I'm sorry, one week with a touchdown, but the week before he had a 100-yard game which which uh gave him a nice total and the coach came out and said that he regardless of who's back healthy in that offense he has earned the right to see more touches so i I believe he'll continue to see plenty of action especially downfield and in the red zone area but let's go across the way to the chicago side Tariq cohen tore his acl uh that david montgomery comes at at fifty five hundred dollars but the colts are just one of the best defenses in the league overall this year, and at top three, stopping a run. So I, I don't expect to be getting Montgomery in. But um, is there anybody on the Chicago side this week, TJ, or is this just something you want to stay away from? Um, Montgomery's a guy you still have to play uh, when you're making a build. I mean, he, he's not a cash player or anything like that. But, man, I'll tell you what, we, we had Nick Foles doing his, his best Jesus, raising Lazarus from the dead. A-Rob lives, man. It was a beautiful thing to see last week, and I'm pretty sure this carries over. Uh, he got peppered, and A-Rob was actually good still. Uh, hashtag actually good at football. And I am going to honestly keep playing him until – well, I'm just going to keep playing him all year long. Yep. <laughs> I mean, like it, that's it. And I, I – I know it feels kind of gross, but I think Foles is in play too at fifty-seven hundred. Yeah, I'm. I'm for sure. I'm for sure trying to get uh, a Rob in. Like we, I think. I think TJ and I have really, uh, really bonded over our uh, Allen Robinson love uh, through the first four weeks of the season here. Um, and look, I mean, he's he's just. He just gets a ton of work. Like he's he's fifth in uh, expected points receiving. Uh, he's really never had uh, even like a, a serviceable quarterback. And in Chicago, he's eight of his fifteen starts have finished with at least twenty DraftKings points, um, which, all things considered, I think is uh, is pretty impressive for what he's had to deal with. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in uh, in Robinson this week. And just real quick, going back to uh, going back to Mo Ali Cox. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw uh, establish the run. Mike Leone put out a um, 
like a, a targets per route versus routes per team drop back. And Mo Ali Cox was like one of the one of the poster children of like if they slightly bu- bump up his usage, like he's he's getting targeted so much, uh, but he's just not when he's actually running routes, but he's just not running enough routes right now. So if they do really prioritize, uh, you know, getting him out uh, in space and running routes, I think that we're going to see like a, a true blow up game. Like that game lat two weeks ago was great, like 111 yards on, on six targets. But like we could see, you know, if he scores a couple of touchdowns, we could see like a slate breaking game from him uh, in the near future. So you're projecting a quarterback change in there? <laughs> listen but guys yeah, all, all jokes aside uh, well actually not all jokes aside because i was coming in to ask a question that's mostly a joke but is Bortles still the best quarterback a rob's ever played with <laughs> hard to argue uh hard to argue otherwise wow so far so good and now uh, we might see Bortles in, in week five it doesn't look like he's gonna make the appearance of week four it's just not enough time to get acclimated with the offense but in play for week five, guys, before we move on from this game, uh, there was another receiver of sorts, another tight end who rose from the dead last week with two touchdowns of Jimmy Graham, and he checks in at a nice $3,800 price tag. Uh, he's a guy you got to also, in in uh, multi-entry, TJ, you got to consider him. No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know if you remember last week. Uh we actually, I brought up Jimmy Graham. I, I pointed out, is Atlanta that team like Arizona last year where you just plug and yeah. play the tight end every single week? And then we just laughed it off like, no, it's Jimmy Graham. You know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and I, I didn't play him. but I did. Know, I did play him. Did, did you really? That's I, I really did. That's so I awesome. did play him. I did. Not, not in a lot of liners, but uh, in at least, a, at least two. The first thing I looked at when I looked at this week's slate was, who does Atlanta play? What tight end can I stream? And I was sad to realize it, you know, it was a Monday night game, but uh, we will be able to smash Tanya in the showdown and maybe even go crazy on Sternberger too to see if we can get lucky there. But Hey, Mercedes Lewis caught a touchdown last week. Don't be funny, <laughs> old man. Uh, what, did, did he get a second target or was that his only one? <laughs> I think that might have okay. been All it. Right. All right, guys, let's move over to uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Going to LA to face the Chargers. Uh, guys, right before we came on tonight, I got a notification that it looks like Leonard Fournette is going to miss this game. So, right off the bat, does that, uh, Matt's eyebrows went up. What does that mean for Ronald Jones? He was already still out touching and outperforming uh, last week. Matt, you want to get Ronald Jones into some lineups? Yeah, I mean, that's that's cousin Ronald right there. We got we to gotta make sure we, uh, we show some love there. Uh, I did. I did not. Uh, I did not see that. Um, I'm very excited. I I wrote Ronald Jones up, you know, prior uh, even thinking that Leonard Fournette was playing. So if he's not playing, then that's just uh, he. He'll probably be in all my lineups. Like 4,700 for the work that he was seeing was already silly, uh, even in you know somewhat of a shared uh, backfield in my opinion. And now with that, yeah, just uh, just do it. Yeah, so that's something just to keep an eye on, guys. Keep keep your eye on those injury reports daily because, yeah, that was seconds before we came on while we were waiting for the big man to come in with his pants on. 
Also injured and banged up for the Buccaneers, Godwin looks like he's going to miss at least this week, but most likely two to three weeks or more. And uh, listen, Scotty Miller's got a hamstring issue. Watson practice, but he slowed by shoulder injury. Mike Evans had one catch for a touchdown week one. He had two catches for two yards or two touchdowns last week. He had a nice 100-yard game in between there with a touchdown. The man's catching touchdowns. The yardage has not come out we like, but is is this a blow up spot? Sixty four hundred dollars. It's respectable for a guy of Mike Evans' talent with with Godwin out of the way. We're getting Mike Evans back in the lineups this week. He had like a, a Jerome Bettis uh, stat line last week, but he was a receiver. <laughs> He's the Jordan Howard of wide receivers this year. Oh, oh. that's just mean. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Right. TJ, guys. As far as Evans goes, no, I, I don't want to attack this Chargers secondary with anyone, uh, let, let alone a player I think is very good at football, which isn't Evans. You know, I mean, he's he serves his purpose. He's not terrible, but he's he's not what people try to make him out to be for the last five years. And we we see that he needs these short yardage touchdowns to really actually make an impact on a game. I mean, I would not be shocked in the least, if Watson outscored Evans this week. But I don't think any of them score real points. This is a game I put an extra. I said I want nothing to do with it, not a single player in it when I went through it. Uh, where are you at, Matt? Uh, yeah, I I don't really see myself uh, going crazy and trying to get Evans in just because there's quite a few plays in that uh, in that like mid to low 6k range um, that I just feel feel stronger about so uh, if he was cheaper I think you could probably make a better argument but uh, 6400 is still kind of on the cusp of like you're saying if even if he you know gets six or seven targets which would be more than last week it's still a stretch for him to to really provide a lot of value given the matchup and everything else uh, that we've seen so far this year yeah, and right in this same game at $6,500 is Keenan Allen, who has seen a resurgence with Justin Herbert at quarterback. 29 targets in two games with Justin Herbert. Uh, so he's a guy you got to consider because the volume is there. And and Austin Eckler as well. Uh, they both had 30-plus point games. He saw 11 targets last week himself, Austin Eckler. So Probably a guy that people were not in on last week after the disappointing week before, but uh, he seems to be back, and uh, Josh Kelly took a little bit of a step back. So uh, seeing as we are not that thrilled about this game, let's move over to Dallas going to Cleveland. Well, guys, we we don't often see the games that we expect to be the explosive games live up to be the explosive games, and that was Dallas and Seattle last week. If you didn't have major parts of that game, you didn't win. It's just that simple. And now Dallas goes to Cleveland. And, you know, does does Cleveland have the ability to keep up with this Dallas offense? And if they don't, does the Dallas offense continue to put up numbers like they've done the last couple of weeks fighting for their life? So if Dallas isn't fighting to the death, are we going to see the big games out of the three wide receivers? Listen, last week the pivot play was Gallup. That worked out. Perfectly. If you if you decide to pivot off a lamb and go to Gallup, you got paid. But Gallup shot up over six grand this week, and Lamb stayed at fifty four hundred dollars. So 
TJ, we're going back to CD Lamb this week. No, I don't think I'm going to play Lamb. Uh, I mean, you, you're not fading Lamb in MME, but uh, he's not going to be like a priority play for me. Uh, I think the guy that's actually underperformed from what I've seen, or not underperformed, but just has been close to a smash game and hasn't gotten there is Mari Cooper. And this is a spot where, you know, Denzel Ward sucks. So, like, that secondary, the secondary here in Cleveland, it's an absolute joke. And I, I just, I mean, with the price difference from Gallup, it's a no-brainer to go to Cooper. But the question you asked, Sal, if they are not trying to keep pace with an offense that just is outpacing them from the beginning, it's going to be Zeke that smashes. But someone on Dallas is going to absolutely smash. So, yeah, we're, we're going to play the shit out of Dallas. Where are you at, Matt? Yeah, I, uh, I, I definitely tend to agree. It's interesting this uh, – this game in general, looking at the at the pace tool in Roto, at Rotoviz, uh, really sort of projects across the board whether you're looking at neutral script or just just in general uh, their pace so far this year. This projects to be the the quickest pace game on the slate. But like you're saying, this I think this is probably a game that plays a lot differently than the other uh, Cowboys games so far this year. So that might be uh, that might be a, a slight slight miss slightly misleading um but i'm definitely trying to get zeke uh in a lot of places i think he's obviously going to be uh going to be pretty chalky but when it when everything sort of settles out like alvin kamara could be twice as owned as him um so you know and just two hundred dollars uh two hundred dollars more so uh, i i really do feel like i need to uh get zeke in a ton of lineups i think he had like did he have 12 targets last week or something stupid? Like it was, it was a lot. He had almost as many targets as, as Gary's. Yeah. I believe he led the team. And I think you just have correlation spots here where I, I think you take a game script where, you know, Cowboys neutral or Cowboys leading, you got Zeke and then you can just roll with OBJ or just leverage that with Landry. Yeah. I mean, Landry feels gross. I know, you know, I don't, I don't think he's top four targets in a game. He hasn't produced at all. But I, this could be the spot where if Dallas is the one putting it on the Browns and they have to throw. But on the other side of the coin, if Chubb keeps doing what he's doing, and I'm not sure there's a team in the league that can stop him uh, as long as that opportunity continues to come, well, then Cooper and the pass catchers and Dak are the correlation plays with Chubb. And uh, important to note that Kareem Hunt was held out of practice on Wednesday with a groin issue, which would mean more Chubb. So, again – Follow that coming up the game time. What a smash coming for Chubb if uh, if Graham doesn't play. There, guys, and if it would be a chalky one, like you know, <laughs> make no mistake, it would become a chalky one. But yeah, but sometimes you got to be on that chalk so you don't get left behind. Fifty eight hundred dollars for OBJ. He's going to have a blow up week at some point, and while that price is reasonable. You might want to get him in a lineup this week, chasing those cowboy points, Matt. I don't know. I think he. I think he misses Eli. I don't know. Oh boy, maybe you think he writes to him and sends him notes. <laughs> he definitely has a diary somewhere uh, where he write. I don't know if he sends the letters to Eli, but he's definitely writing hypothetical letters in his diary to to Eli at some point. Matt, I'm telling you right now, you could brainstorm from right now until we record this pod next week. Thinking of ways to insult Baker Mayfield, none would be worse than that. 
and I'm I'm a I I love Baker, but uh, it's just like it's just so funny to me that like everybody just spent you know the last few years dunking on Eli and like OBJ can't do anything with anybody else for whatever reason. It's just very strange. Um, but for for uh, for Beckham, like he's actually seen the sixth highest uh, target share in the league among wide receivers. The problem is that they're just not running. Uh, they're just not you know between not running as many plays and just being way more run heavy uh, than league average. It's just, it's kind of killing the, killing the vibe there for raw totals. All right. They might need this type of matchup just to pick up the pace. Yeah. And I mean, it truly can happen yeah, in these games. Definitely. So, yeah. uh, Seattle and Dallas coming to town could, could cure a lot of offenses having to chase offenses of that magnitude. So and we'll, we'll see that a little bit later in this game when we talk Seattle. Atlanta, too, and Detroit, to a degree. Yeah, that Monday night uh, Green Bay-Atlanta game is going to just be another set of fireworks. Whatever the over is, lock it in in that game on Monday night. And expect a late, you know, falling apart from the Atlanta Falcons. They'll probably have a nice two-touchdown lead uh, early third quarter in that game. <laughs> Guys, well, speaking of Monday night, Baltimore – just absolutely laid an egg on Monday night on national television. What was probably going to be their biggest litmus test of the year. They really want to come out and prove to people we are as good as Kansas City. We're on that level, and we left feeling anything but that. So they go to Washington, and they take on a, a Washington football team that is dealing with injuries on that offense. They've lost the number two overall pick in Chase Young as well as some other players. Uh, Matt, is, is Baltimore on a hole in a smash spot? I mean, Lamar Jackson, obviously the most expensive quarterback on a slate, but is he in a position where he's just going to go off this week? Yeah, I mean, you you would definitely hope so if you were uh, if you were drafting him in season long. That's for sure because he's had uh, he's had two QB two games already this year, and he only had three all of last year uh, in in DraftKings scoring. So, I. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, it's I'm never going to tell people not to play Lamar. It's just a matter of finding that finding that value to pay over 8K for for a quarterback who hasn't quite gotten there. Um, I don't know. It, I think it's fine. I Like there's pretty obvious stacks that you can play with Lamar, but it's not I, I don't really think that I'm going to uh, end up there with one of my, you know, six, seven lineups. Yeah, paying this price for Lamar, I mean, uh, what is the expectation that you want returned in points for that salary? And if you say less than 40, you're probably aiming too low and should probably find a different quarterback. Um, Like you said, they were exposed in Baltimore. And this isn't a game that's going to fall under the umbrella of what I'm about to say. But... When you get ahead of Baltimore, when teams get ahead of Baltimore, Lamar isn't as dangerous. When you kind of know that that balance is going away or at least shifting, Lamar isn't as dangerous. Once you hit him a couple times, he isn't as dangerous. And my God, once you start sacking him and he gets flustered, he's done. He's over with. He truly gets mentally flustered. He checks out. And until he gets past that, there's going to be games like that, and it's going to be it's going to be not pretty, and I can't believe that was a home game too. Uh, on the Washington side, they kind of got 
dismantled by the Browns last week. I think they will respond. It seems like they want to play for Rivera. They didn't give up week one down 17 nothing, So I think they're going to bounce back at home and play the Ravens tougher than one would think, despite being a far worse, worse football team and losing the game. Matt, are you playing anybody on the on the Washington football team? I, I don't see anything that I want to get in my lineups this week on that side. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> it's just pretty much just that simple. It's like, you know, the the only like somewhat option would be would be Terry McLaurin, uh, and that's just like a complete hail mary like pivot play. Uh, Terry McLaurin is is basically the new uh, is going to turn into the new Allen Robinson because he's never going to have a good quarterback either. Uh, hold on, Logan Thomas is in play. He's absolutely in play. Uh, well, I play him every week, and this will be the week I don't, which means play him this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm telling you, I, I I didn't get a chance to look at the actual expectation for him, but I can tell you, it is a behemoth compared to what's actually happened. Well, guys, Pittsburgh and Tennessee would have been up next, and I'm kind of sad that we're going to have to skip it because I thought we were going to have an in-depth Khalif Raymond conversation, but that'll have to be saved for week five. Instead, we'll skip over to the Arizona Cardinals, who just absolutely shot themselves in the foot this past week and took a loss. Heading to Carolina, we have a, an over of 52. This is the first of six over 50-point total games, and most of them are over 54 this week. It's just insane, the numbers on this slate. So uh, DeAndre Hopkins did not practice on Wednesday with a bit of an ankle issue. I have a feeling he's going to play, and it's more of a maintenance thing for him. Uh, you know, his prices is what his price is, but it's he, there's pretty much nobody as consistent as him right now in in that position so if you want to get consistency cash game you pay up for it but probably going to look elsewhere and then you got andy isabella who again didn't see a lot of targets didn't see big uh reception totals but put up two touchdowns and uh, every time he plays he seems to do something exciting if he's going to get more playing time matt do you expect that to continue i mean yeah i i think that I think we're bordering on, uh, you know, the the things that that fantasy Twitter latches onto, where we're very uh, we're very confident that we know better than the coaching staff, and uh, and that might not be that might not work out for uh, for everybody. I, I don't really, again, like six or seven lineups. I I, I don't really see myself landing on a landing on an Isabella play, um, but I will definitely I will definitely have some DeAndre. Uh, what are what are you doing with Drake, TJ? You have to go back to him. You absolutely have to. This offense is too good. He's touched the ball at least eighteen times in every single game so far, and now he essentially gets the matchup you want in the league right now for running back. Um, as attractive as Nuke has been, and how much he's actually smashed, I think Drake. And well, let's just say there's potentially two running backs in this game that are better plays than Hopkins. Where you at, so? Yeah, I got written here. We got to go back. It's the thirty-first ranked defense against running backs, right? So, I think I will be at six thousand. Uh, I believe that was the number on on Kenya Drake this week. Um, I'll be popping him into some lineups, of course. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, well, I have Mike Davis written down here underneath my Carolina notes, and you said there was two running backs potentially more attractive. So I got to think we're talking about a guy who saw, you know, plenty of carries and absolutely plenty of targets last week, eight receptions, and and paid off well. His price goes up to 5700 this week, but still really reasonable for a guy who's going to put up that type of volume and those stats. I think TJ was going to talk about Reggie Bonifama. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Please. Please have at it. What do you think, it, Sal? Tell him, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, I wasn't sure how they were going to deploy Mike Davis, and it's actually sad for me because I wish this happened six years ago, you know, when he was on all my <laughs> dynasty teams like we talked about. But, hey, here we are. And the, the role is there. You know, he is operating as an actual bell cow. Like you said, the targets were absolutely there in a game they won. So, you know, the target ceiling is unlimited for Mike Davis. So at 5,700, I'm going to play a hell of a lot of them. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I know we have no sample size, but I think he's a fantastic play as well. Unlimited. Did you think there was a chance coming into the year that you would be able to get DJ Moore at $100 cheaper than Mike Davis? <laughs> 2020 what up are we going to tj oh, more this week guys i i'm okay with it like i think he's a great leverage play in tournaments uh and he's not playing the chargers this week so that's a huge benefit in and of itself uh like last week i don't know it just hasn't happened yet uh i i think in mme you're irresponsible to exclude him from a build in any given week um but I'm kind of dumbfounded that nothing has truly happened for DJ, DJ Moore yet this year. What about you, Matt? Yeah, no, I, I love DJ Moore. I, I think he's, I think he's actually going to be uh, going to be pretty popular this week. Um, you know, again, this is one of those deals where I'm like, am I really going to end up with a ton of him? Probably not. Um, I, I will, I'll definitely have more lineups with, with Mike Davis than, with DJ Moore, um, but that's just because of how I'm building this week. So uh, I think I think he's totally fine. I think if you're building, you know, if you're doing like a 20 max, you definitely need to uh, have a few shares of him. But if you're doing three entry max, I think it's he's probably, uh, you know, on the bubble there. I wanted to touch on Isabella too, like you said. I mean, I, I, I don't think anything that's happened here is shocking with him. We knew he was super raw with the super high ceiling coming out. We knew exactly what we had. Expect nothing in his rookie year. Expect to jump ahead in, in a sophomore season, which is now. If you think he's going to jump from 40-some percent of snaps to 80-some next week, you're wrong. But if you think that role isn't going to continue to steadily grow, you're also wrong. You know, it's just going to be a progression. And don't say this week is the week. We, we don't know which week is the week because the target ceiling – just isn't going to be there in the current role, but the player is explosive enough to make it happen on four targets uh, on any given week. So he's just one of those guys where it's hard to exclude, but it's definitely not someone you can trust. Yeah. I think most likely it's probably a a scenario where his ownership just continues to, to grow as his role grows. And you know, you might not ever really get like the, the absolute, uh, the blow up game at low ownership because I think everybody's kind of 
uh, trying to trying to get on that train before it uh, leaves the station right now. But um, for sure, I mean, he's he's super fun, super fun to watch. You've counted on restaurants and now they're counting on you. While their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with contactless delivery drop-off. You can go and get some, uh, you can get somebody to drop off some Chipotle, some Wendy's, some Cheesecake Factory. Uh, but the good thing is that you also have a bunch of uh, local restaurants that are open for delivery as well that you can uh, you can find on the app. Uh, so make sure you check out DoorDash. They have a very easy to use app. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Next up, we got we got Pepsi back on the show, guys. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism, that's that would be the bucket that, uh, that I fall under, or commitment, uh, or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. Instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, obviously, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Whether you're sitting on your couch waiting for Sam Darnold to become elite, or you are looking for that Tom Brady pass to Gronk in a Bucks uniform, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. And our final sponsor is another one that we should all be familiar with, Bet Online. The wait is finally over, football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. They are going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's blue wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's jump right back into the rest of these games. And we have the, the New Orleans Saints, the disappointing so far uh, New Orleans Saints going to Detroit. This is one of those over 54 games I was talking about last, last game. And, uh, Listen, they're disappointed because Michael Thomas has been out. He was limited at practice today, but practicing, I wouldn't get hope that he makes it onto the field this week, but that does lead you to maybe get excited for week five. Um, listen, Kamara comes in at $8,000, but what Kamara puts up when Michael Thomas is out of the lineup is is 40-point games. It's, it's insane. Um, he's easily the best player on the field, regardless of who's on the field with him lately, and uh, Matt, as a cash player, it, do you have to find a way to get Kamara into your lineups? Yeah. Yeah. That's it? Uh, yeah. I mean, 8,000 is silly. Like, we're we're talking about he is the he's the only running back in the league with uh, 30 rushes and 30 targets. Uh, he's fourth in red zone opportunities right now, and he's $8,000. Like, I uh, I, I don't know what I don't really know what DraftKings is doing, leaving him at 8K. 
Um, like, what is the argument for making the most expensive running back $8,000 even? I, I, I don't, I'll never get it. Um, but, you know, he's, he's probably going to be like 60% owned in a lot of the double ups. Uh, so if you're, if you're willing to, if you're willing to fade, you could get some serious leverage, but uh, in, in cash, I'm, I'm not willing to do so. Uh, TJ, what are, how are you handling Kamara in uh, your, your larger builds? Well, it'll help if Michael Thomas plays because then I can get away from being overexposed. But if he doesn't play, you can't get away from being overexposed. It's just there, there, there's just no way to go about it. And you said sixty percent. I think that might be a low estimate, man. I, I, I think he's just going to be the must-have player, and you'd be absolutely right in thinking so. Sal, so you got any reason to? I mean, ownership. Is there any reason when you take as a whole to kind of stay away from Kamara this week? No, he's the best running back and wide receiver on the team right now. He's he's both. There's no reason you're getting you're getting both players in one player. So if you split that in half, you're getting up for four grand a piece. It's a solid deal. Well, let's let's exp- let's explore the other weapons on an offense. This game is obviously expected to be a shootout or at least be carried by the Saints. But listen, Detroit went in and beat Arizona last week, and they have weapons. Galladay is back. He stepped right in uh, but is there anybody else on the new orleans side you want to get in this week is is manny sanders he's not consistent enough in my opinion but um what about traquan what about harris but if that harris could just get a few more targets man he he's an exciting player what do you think tj there's a player i want you to mention him yet though is he does he play tight end he does, in fact, and we're hoping Jerry Cook sits out this week to get us a 2,500 Troutman. That is Adam Troutman, for those hearing the name for the first time, uh, third-round rookie for the Saints. Uh, a lot of Zach Ertz to his game, shifty, just finds the open spot. So uh, we're looking at a Detroit team that we don't know how good or bad they are against tight ends, seeing as they're uh, – They've been tasked with Jimmy Graham, Robert Tanyan, and Dan Ardle to this point in the season. So, Murderers row. Y'all, they'll get you. So uh, 2,500, I will have ownership. Uh, we need to see Cook out first, but uh, he could be a slate breaker. I mean, uh, I, I know that kind of sounds sensational, but uh, Troutman at 2,500 could be a slate breaker. Not, not because of ownership, but just kind of completely differentiate lineups when he smashes. Yeah, I mean, you're not getting tips like that anywhere else. This, as long this, this, as long as he doesn't run more than uh, three and a half yards downfield, maybe uh, maybe Breeze can uh, reach him. <laughs> I mean, he is definitely out. I mean, what's the term here? Like out kicking the coverage? He's just out running his quarterback snoodle, or. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, out distancing the noodle that will be the term I think we should go with. <laughs> but guys, let's let's slip over to the Detroit side. And Matt Stafford's interesting to me this week. Fifty eight hundred dollars. Uh, the Saints are the twenty eighth ranked defense against quarterbacks in fantasy this year. They've given up twenty two and a half, twenty six and a half, and twenty seven. One of those was to Derek Carr for God's sakes. I mean, they've given up plus twenty two and a half to everybody in three games and I, 
times. I think Stafford's just so reasonably priced that it might be a guy you have to get in the lineups this week. Nobody wants it. Hey, yeah, I know. I like this game. I'm completely good with it. I'm absolutely on Stafford, sub 6K. Uh, We haven't seen him put up a huge statistical game yet, so we don't know. I mean, I guess we just don't truly know uh, what to expect, but Galladay being back is certainly going to help. Uh, New Orleans, which is out of character for them compared to past seasons, has not been fantastic against tight ends so far this year, so Hawkinson could be in play as well, so we'll see on that. I definitely will play a little, but I'm just never going overboard there. But my favorite play on the Detroit side is Galladay. He only had seven targets last week, I believe. I think he caught six of them, yeah. uh, almost at 20 DK. So a lot of room for growth there, really. I mean, especially in this matchup that we just saw all pro Alan Lazard um, smash. So what about you, Matt? Yeah, and, and it's worth also noting that Galladay didn't, uh, didn't play his, you know, typical – 95% of snaps, obviously, working his way back. Uh, he was in for 49 of the 62 uh, plays. So even even if he just plays his full complement of snaps, just by virtue of that, he probably gets nine targets in a game like that last week. Yeah, and to further TJ's point, four tight end touchdowns given up this year by the New Orleans Saints. And those are the four individual players that caught those, caught those touchdowns. So. Uh, maybe we get T.J. Hawkinson and a little Jesse James action this week. In fact, you know what, Jesse James, sit on the bench. I have a lot of T.J. Hawkinson in season long, and I need better output. So that, that'll bring us over to Cincinnati, going to Jacksonville, 48.5. Okay, it's not as exciting as the over 50s, but the number is not bad. Uh, guys, I, I did it last week. I foolishly went back to A.J. Green one more time based on the, the volume he was seeing in the air yards and and it just it, it cratered some lineups for me. Uh, is it time to move on to the younger, cheaper, more exciting T. Higgins at forty five hundred dollars? No, it's just time to keep playing Boyd. Yeah, that's that's what time it is. It, it, it's definitely Boyd time, and that and that's it. And in this matchup, um, for for the Cincinnati side. Uh, the only other bangle I am going to play, I'm, I, I might splash T a, a little bit, but the only other bangle I actually want to play is Mixon. And I know that sounds weird right now. I know he has not put out the output, but the role is there. And I guess we've reached a point in the year where we have to remind everyone what's happened through three weeks is not a lock to continue to happen for the remainder of the season. How dare and you? I, I know, right? It's just an insane thought. But we, we, we have players on the other side of this game, too, that that's going to play into. Like, Mixon isn't an exceptional play by any means, but he's not someone I'm going to exclude from my build. Matt, maybe a little true sample? A little true sample, 3,500 first the 28th-ranked tight end defense? I've uh, I've squeezed all the juice I can out of Drew Sample when he was like 400 bucks on that showdown slate, so I'm not uh, – I'm not getting greedy. It appears <laughs> to, we need 61 to get attempts for him to hit. So, you know, 61 <laughs> yeah. passes for him to hit. For yeah, him to get like two catches. He's not a a pass catching tight end. It's the bottom. It's the bottom line. He's a he's a he's a pass block. Yeah, no, just just give me give me every little bit of Tyler Boyd. Uh, 
I, I like how can you how can you like in good faith if you're Joe Burrow look at game tape from the first few weeks of the season and be like nah I forget Tyler Boyd I really need to uh, I really need to throw to AJ Green's corpse a few more times this week. <laughs> so sad and so bad. Huh, on, the, on the other side, Gardner Minshew came crashing back to earth on Thursday night. You know what I think I saw on Thursday night was a guy who started believing the press clippings, right? It was the first two weeks. He's, they're not going to have to tank. They don't need to worry about tanking for Trevor. And he started believing in himself a little bit too much. And you want to believe in yourself, but you don't want to get overconfident. And I don't think he played uh, very well at all in that primetime game. So he's not a guy I think we look to. At all, the other guy who just keeps coming out and doing it and being consistent is James Robinson. But the price is coming up. He's at sixty five hundred dollars now. He's he's sandwiched hundred below Jonathan Taylor and hundred above Clyde Edwards Alaire. Uh, but this is the twenty seventh ranked running back defense in fantasy this year. So, uh, TJ, is, is there a reason why you would steer away from Robinson this week? Uh. Not completely steer away, but just going back to the same point in this game, just through three weeks, I I don't know that you can trust James Robinson to be this surefire RB1 on a weekly basis. Uh, just looking ahead, we're going to see Reichwell Armstead back, which is going to be a problem uh, for Robinson's workloads. But last week you, you mentioned Minshew. I think a young quarterback like this that doesn't have the job security well, they generally have a security blanket, a player on the field that makes them feel better about their own game. And for me, for Gardner Minshew, that player is DJ Chark. And being without him, you could truly see a massive difference uh, yeah. throughout the game in Minshew. And I'm, I think Chark is back this week. And I don't think he'll be owned at all. I think Robinson will be very popular. And I think there's going to be a lot of leverage in playing Chark over Robinson here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously Robinson uh, got a ton of work and will theoretically continue to do so. But like, it's just it's a real tough sell to pay like almost a thousand dollars more than Mike Davis. Like just just play Mike Davis. He's he's getting the same workload um, and and, you know, he's going to he's he's going to be just fine also. Um so yeah, I, I agree with you on Chark. I think that he's a really good leverage play. I'll probably put him in two of my three entry max teams this week. Um and and just completely avoid Robinson uh entirely. And we I mean, I'd be remiss uh if if I wasn't going to mention the uh, revenge game in this uh this particular game. Little little Tyler Eifert, little my SFBX uh, <laughs> final final pick. You got him in the last round, last pick. He he's my tight end one. Yeah. It, it's really wow. Nice. That's a tight end premium went, league. I That's went went people. went for the went for the record on latest tight end taken. Took him like twenty two oh six or whatever it was. That is you it. got it, man. Praise the Lord for that Josh Oliver injury. And I just thought I'll mute my microphone now so nothing. <laughs> well, let's move over to the Houston Texans heading to Minnesota. This this game was also almost uh, canceled this week or suspended or pushed back, but they were able to find no positive tests with Minnesota, and we were able to carry on. So – 
this is a 54.5 total uh, in this game. We we didn't really get to enjoy super cheap Justin Jefferson before he jumped from 4,200 to 5,200 after his ball game. Uh, I'm just disappointed that I think a lot of us who play Dynasty, TJ, uh, we knew about Justin Jefferson and we thought that he would come right in at the beginning of the year and be that guy. And for some reason he was behind BC Johnson. And as soon as they took the cuffs off of him and let him go, he exploded. So at 5,200, I don't know that uh, we see a repeat of last week, but he's firmly entrenched in this offense at, at this point. Oh, I, I, I'm not saying page there, Sal. I, I haven't been. Um, he's always smarter than me, this TJ. Oh, he's better. At, I'm not. He's better at dynasty than no, me, too. No, whoa, whoa. I didn't say smarter. I, I just said not same page. On Jefferson, I actually, uh, the shares uh, I drafted uh, were pre-draft, and then I traded him away after he landed in Minnesota. I believe he needs to play the slot full-time to truly be effective uh, consistently. And I don't think that's going to happen until Thielen is no longer in Minnesota. So I think we saw a glimpse last week of what he can do, and I think he still has a very high ceiling as a player. But uh, I'm thinking back to Season 2 of Game of Thrones after uh, the battle on the Blackwater. After uh, after after Brown lights, lights a wildfire and Stannis says uh, something like, Oh, he can only play his trick once. And I think Justin Jefferson coming out of nowhere last week is kind of that trick coming out of nowhere, and they can only play it once. I think he's going to get a little more attention going forward. I don't want to play him despite this game having a real shootout appeal. What about you, Matt, on on Jefferson? Yeah, I mean, the the price jump alone is is probably enough for me to just be like, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm probably good on that. Like he's, what is it? 5,200. So he's, he's around some guys that you, you could probably make a, a case for, uh, you know, them having a much higher ceiling. Like he's, he's only $400 less than DJ Moore. Like I, I think I'll probably just end up finding the $400 and playing DJ Moore over him. Like those kinds of decisions I feel like are, uh, are, are pretty easy to make this week. So I'm, I'm probably not going to play a ton of Jefferson, but um, if you really feel strongly that this game, uh, you know, shoots out and goes, goes over or approaches this total. Uh, if you, if you just play him and, and correlate it with, you know, Fuller or cooks, uh, like theoretically, that's, that's like how I would probably attack this game. Like I'm obviously not playing Kirk Cousins, um, cause it's Kirk cousins and, uh, it just depends. Like if you, if you want to get Watson in with fuller cooks and run it back with Jefferson, I think that's okay. If you feel strongly about this going over, but I, I have a hard time seeing them actually put together like a, like a 60 combined points in this game. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't see the number in this game either. It's kind of high considering Minnesota, finally found their way to some offense last week and there's no guarantee that they're that they're just instantly healed uh but i i do like this the as the get right week for the houston texans offense um david johnson at 5600 eh, i'm not excited over him but I, I think he'll have a good game 
not the type of player I think I'm going to have in there, but I, I like the passing offense this week. I like Watson specifically and Fuller. I might be jaded on Fuller. You know, when he when that goose egg a couple of weeks ago really killed a couple of lineups I had, I, a lineup that was set to cash going to the 4 o'clock, except him and Mike Williams both decided not to show up and killed me that week. But Untargeted in that game, which is even more forgettable. Yeah. It's not even him, just untargeted. Yeah, I think I've actually put a tweet out there. You, you can't get mad at a guy who can't catch what's not thrown to him that week. But, um, yeah, and here I am getting mad at him. So, look at me. Can't take my own <laughs> advice. Uh, anything in this game before we move on? Yeah, yeah. I, and if I'm an offensive coordinator and I'm game planning for Minnesota right now, I am I, – I, I'm not sure I would run the ball once until I had a 28-point lead. You just set up max protect schemes, two go routes, let your receivers beat this horrific secondary deep like any and everyone can. Uh, did you say something about Khalif Raymond? So, yes. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So it, it really is egregious, and that's why I love Will Fuller in this game. I think he can absolutely pull one of his massive 40-burgers out in this matchup, and I don't think Minnesota is equipped on the back end to stop effective deep passing, and I'm not sure they will be, and OC's that attack it will will be rewarded for it. Okay, TJ, you won me over. I'm putting them back in this week. Yeah, buddy. I hate Fuller, generally speaking. I mean, in comparison to other people, but I'm definitely playing them this week. Oh, let's go to the game. That Here's another one where the total's at 54, and that's 100% based on Seattle uh, as they head to Miami to play the Dolphins. Listen, I, I enjoy watching Ryan Fitzpatrick play as much as anybody because there's nobody having as much fun right now in the NFL as Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's actually had back-to-back good games, back-to-back 20-plus point games, and he is going against the worst pass defense in the NFL right now, and it's just an absolute track meet every time Seattle takes the field. So are we getting, not necessarily Ryan Fitzpatrick on our lineups, but uh, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. I mean, Preston Williams is at $4,500. Found the end zone last week. The the totals elsewhere weren't big, but the Seahawks are giving up 73.2 fantasy points to wide receivers on a weekly basis. The next closest team is Dallas at 49. So 20 plus points more than the next closest team. Matt seems bad. (laughs) Matt, that's not good. (laughs) I'm not a numbers guy, but that seems, that seems pretty poor. (laughs) You want to get one of those two guys in your lineup? Maybe an Isaiah Ford. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just, just lock, lock in Isaiah Ford and cash, obviously. Um, No, I think, I think, uh, I think you could play, you could play Parker, um, you know, as, as sort of like a, a run back option, if you're, if you're stacking Seattle, which you probably should be considering, uh, stacking Seattle. Um, what, are, TJ, what are you doing with, uh, with Gaskin though? That's, that's what I'm, uh, that's my decision point right now at 5k. You have to play him, uh, so in some capacity, uh, just the, the target volume alone is just utterly insane. Now, uh, what was his market share uh, the past week or two? Do you know offhand? Uh, no, I can look it up, though. 
Uh, I, f- I feel like Fitzpatrick, especially last week, only threw the ball, what, 20-some times? And I felt I felt like he was as involved or if not more involved than every pass catcher. And like you said, Parker is absolutely in play against the Seahawks. Ford and Williams, I mean, it, it, it feels gross, but in the matchup, I, I mean, if you're playing an MME and you're not sprinkling in 5% to 10%, just, I mean, for the ceilings at those prices, I, I don't think you're doing it correctly. But uh, especially considering that they're going to have to keep pace with a quarterback that is averaging, I believe it was 1.7 DK points per pass attempt. it's insane. I mean, he's averaging 26 passes a game and doing this, and he hasn't been below 34 DK this year. I don't know if they're letting Russ cook or if it's just that they're letting him throw the ball more than once in the first quarter this year, but the volume isn't there, and he's still smashing. Lockett and DK are going to continue to smash as long as uh, Russ is uh, attempting forward passes. This game should be a very friendly one. Yeah, friendly to say the least. And yeah, uh, I mean, to, I, I'm I'm looking at the the total overall. I feel like there's six games on the slate that are very friendly, but this is probably going to be the most popular one, and it may be the best fade leverage, but probably the least chance of success. Yeah, real quick, Gaskin is eight at eighteen percent over the last two weeks. And uh, I, I agree with you. I think it's, I just looked it up. Seattle is like tied for the sixth highest pass rate in the first quarter. But like overall, not really, uh, not really that high. Kind of just in the middle third there. Not really, not really cooking as much as we've been led to believe. <laughs> let Russ cook early and then let the game get close instead of. <laughs> Let the game stay close, then let Russ cook. So they just changed the order of things this year. I guess. Yeah, exactly. They just right, they I'll... just hit shuffle. Uh, well, the only only other news to add is that Chris Carson uh, looks better than they thought as far as playing this week, and that doesn't mean you want to put him in any alarmists, but at least it gets the best running back on the team back on the field and helps to create a little bit of balance for the offense. Not that they really have much balance. I'm sorry. Who's the best running back on that team? Did I make a mistake, TJ? He comes off pup week seven, then he'll take over. I mean, it doesn't help this week, but he'll be back to week seven. <laughs> well, I mean, healthy running back. I'm not, a, I didn't, I was, I didn't know Rashad Petty was going to make an appearance in week four on the, on the Ooh, daily DFS. Never five. too, never too early if I'm on buddy. all right guys let's move along to the late games the los angeles rams head to new york to play the very sorry and sad new york giants you know guys dying into my microphone i do a thursday night preview show with the with the other guys that i host the fantasy football funhouse with and i did it alone this week because neither one of them could make it so it was literally a 10 minute preview because it's the broncos and the jets but what i did Ask people what the Jets are the lowest scoring team in the NFL at 37. The Broncos are the third lowest at 45. Guess who's number two? The New York Giants at 38, 37 and 38. The Jets and Giants have scored 37 and 38 frigging points 
through three games. It is disgusting what's going on in New York, Matt. I just they're just, I just they're gonna lose by like maybe thirty. <laughs> it's a minus thirteen for the Rams in this game, just right off the top. Um, are we playing anybody for the Giants? Is there uh, is there a Darius Slayton chasing points? type of play in this game is there evan ingram chase point? I, I haven't gotten boy i got so much evan ingram in so many leagues but i want that i know the talent is there why am i not seeing it? it's going to happen I, I mean that's all i can say he's actually healthy and it's not happening so that might be the biggest shocker of 2020 considering everything that's happening well that's a statement but I mean, they're going to continue to get destroyed every week. This team is awful, but they have a guy that is absolutely a one-on-one winner. And the volume isn't there. The production isn't there. Ingram is the only guy I want to look at here for the Giants. But even then, it just feels gross until you see it. You know, wait till next week. I don't know. What about you, Matt? Yeah, no. I mean, Daniel Jones is just unbearable. Uh like he's he's the problem like if you if you had a a replacement level uh you know a a a nine-year-old playing madden as the quarterback like evan ingram would see 14 targets a week and uh and daniel jones just can't quite figure it out so um yeah i have i have no i have no expectation that this game is going to be uh remotely close what is it a a four four oh five game or whatever by by four thirty eight, this game is going to be over. So just uh, just be ready for it. It's just a matter of who scores the three touchdowns for the Rams this week. <laughs> That's really the only question. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Cooper Cup was back. He had a nice uh, bounce back game, his best game of the year. He, he comes in at sixty seven hundred dollars, and there's there's TJ's Bobby Trees. It's still sixty three hundred, still cheaper, still getting. As much, if not more, volume and producing uh, similar or better numbers on a weekly basis. Uh, another week where he had three carries. I think he went for thirty yards this week. So that's back-to-back weeks with three carries yeah. on top of the the short game planning passes that they have for him. So just keep going back to Woods. There's no reason to go to Cup when you could get the better player for cheaper. And yeah. you still want Cup in games they're losing, as we saw last week. Yeah. You know, when they have to catch up, you, you want cup, but but that, that this isn't one of those games. <laughs> yeah, this is well. That, that, then let's turn to the running backs. And Henderson looked really damn good, and he got a lot of touches. It, it, it feels like a trap for me to to get excited and play him. Uh, but is there a reason we should? Or is there a reason we shouldn't, Matt? Get Daryl Henderson at the lineup. Just just play just play every Ram uh, that that you've heard of. Pretty much, um, no. I think I think he's he's good. It, it's uh, it was interesting to see his. You know, he really only played about half of the of the snaps, um, but he touched the ball almost every single time he was on the field. He played thirty four snaps and got twenty three opportunities. Um, like they're they they clearly were riding him last week, and it's it would be hard to argue against that based on how he played. So. Um, yeah, I think you can, I think you can play Henderson. I think he'll probably be lower, uh, lower owned than he probably should be. And, um, I think, like I said, I think you could do, I really like all jokes aside, I really think you can just play as many Rams as you want 
in a lineup and maybe go Ingram on the way back and feel feel pretty good about your ceiling. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely playing some Rams, both as an emotional hedge and because of actual uh, analysis. <laughs> I think you have to see Acres out before you can put Henderson in anywhere, though. And we, yeah, that's fair. we won't know that for a fact until Friday night. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Plenty of plenty of injuries on this slate that have to be monitored right up until the last possible chance that you can get people in a lineup so it can make a big difference. And for those of you who set lineups and then don't go back and change them when this stuff happens, thank you. Thank yeah. you to, uh, to everybody. 13 Jones on DraftKings. <laughs> direct send um all right guys so if if that game's over by 438 that means i get to pay more attention to my las vegas raiders who hey listen they didn't look great last week but they competed you know what i'm more impressed about them is the defense really isn't that bad it's not that bad they they didn't they didn't get embarrassed by new england and i expect expected to lose the new orleans i expect to get embarrassed by new england so they welcome Buffalo this week, a, a team, an offense that, listen, I gave up on Josh Allen last week. I said, nah, he's not going to do it this week. This is the week to go away from him. He, he's every bit as reliable as, as Russell Wilson is this point. I mean, it, the 30-plus point games all three weeks, he gets it done through the air. He gets it done with his legs. And, you know, when that game started to slip away from them last week after the big lead, he had to throw to, to get back again and, and to win that game. So uh, I guess Josh Allen is just another one of those guys that you should be working into lineups on a weekly basis. Yeah, I just I, – I there there has to be. There has to be a vintage uh, a vintage Josh Allen <laughs> game coming for us soon. It's lurking. Um, otherwise, otherwise, I really don't know what, what I'm going to – what I'm going to do because it's uh, – it's it's very hard to see a seventy three hundred dollar Josh Allen and think that it's actually a good play, but it is kind of. Um, <laughs> TJ, what the? I mean, the bigger the bigger issue is like, what do you really feel confident like stacking him in more than one way? Like you can't really get too creative with the stack, so that kind of limits the uh, the enticement for me. What about what about you, TJ? I mean, wholly limited. One stack option, yeah. that's the end of it. I mean, what would be more surprising if Josh Allen threw two pick sixes against the Raiders defense or if he didn't throw two pick sixes against the Raiders defense? <laughs> you know, like you mentioned, the vintage game. I mean, he, he obviously has made strides. You know, uh, it was a player we coming out, we saw him. You know, well, I guess the toolbox has something, but, you know, right now he sucks. And, I mean, that was the general consensus uh, on draft day. He's made big strides this year. He made big strides over last year. I mean, I still can't get the visions of that damn playoff game out of my head, but that's either here nor there right now. Uh, after Burkhead's game last week on the Buffalo side, I have a little bit of interest in Singletary. Uh, he's seen a few targets. I believe he has a seven-target game and a five-target mm-hmm. game. I know Moss is back this week, so that's uh, that's less interesting. I don't know, just on the road, it, it, it just feels not right. Uh, you're the Raider fan, Sal. How should I feel about Allen and company? Um, I expect I expect Allen to have maybe it's not going to be a thirty-plus point game, but it's going to be an easy mid twenties. So maybe this is the week you want to go to him because you could probably get 
in a similar pricing area. Listen, the game after this with Cam Newton, you could get for cheaper. You could get Cam Newton. That's a guy I'm interested in this week. So for DraftKings purposes, maybe I go away from Allen again this week. I like to keep an eye on Gabriel Davis with John Brown hurt. Uh, he showed up at $3,200, four for 81. He uh, he was a uh, mediocrely talked about draft pick this year. Not one of the high, high uh, wide receivers, but definitely a wide receiver of note. Um, over on the Raiders side, talking of rookie wide receivers, they're all banged up. Uh, we, we finally got some nice targets, and Edwards, I believe, has already been ruled out. Hugs is uh, – Hugs. Henry Ruggs. I'm just going to call him Hugs because that's what I want to like do. Give him, give him a hug. He – He's questionable, but, you know, trending towards not playing. It makes more sense to let these young guys sit out and get healthy. But that brings a very intriguing Hunter Renfro at $4,600 against the 24th-ranked defense against wide receivers. Listen, Hunter Renfro has been underestimated his entire life. Everywhere he's been and everywhere he's played, and all he has done is produce and make big plays and big moments and he had a very nice uh, game last week. And I think he's a guy I'm going to go to this week at 4,600, TJ. Oh, you absolutely have to. And he was he was fine last week. You know, he's a guy in the slot that can avoid a guy like Gilmore. He's going to avoid a guy like Trey White this week in this matchup. So there, there's absolutely no reason not to go to him. I just – I think there's an equally sound play in Waller on the Raiders' side. So – I definitely don't want to use both. I'm not going to use Derek Carr ever, so I'm not using both in the same lineup. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just as simple as I, I'm going to play Renfro, but I'm going to play more Waller. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, if you can, here we go. If you can, if you can fade this guy, <laughs> you you just have to do it. <laughs> Like the the substitute high school math teacher uh, at forty six hundred or whatever. Um, no, but <laughs> I think I think he's fine. Uh, I do agree with you. I think this is this is a decent week uh, to to try and get Waller in to some builds. Um, Fifty two hundred just feels kind of weird. Like it's less than Higby. He's right around Gasecki and Hawkinson. Like those guys are probably uh, probably all have a similar range of outcomes. Um, and you know he's he's a little bit cheaper than than uh, than Higby, so I think they're fine. I'm not like going crazy trying to get uh, too much exposure to Derek Carr, though. So we don't we don't fight too much on the show, but saying those guys have a similar range of outcomes to Waller after his week two, I think is a little uh, something I can't agree with. Let's just put it that way. I mean, Waller has had how many duds in the last year? He had one in the last week. That's okay. That's that's the only stat that matters, and that's going to make people stay away from him. And I, I, recency I'm bias. <laughs> that recency bias is ever present on the on the daily DFS podcast. If you were going to pick one NFL wide receiver whose picture you could put up would fit in perfectly as a fourth member of this podcast, it would have been Hunter Renfro. It almost looked like he was here with us. I was ready for him to start talking. <laughs> all right guys we've been a little long-winded so let's wrap this show up with the last game of the slate and that is the ever dominant kansas city chiefs heading to new england our last game at 54 over on this game listen my my favorite play probably in this game is uh is 
Nicole Hardman at forty three hundred dollars. Uh, I just feel like they have to after watching him get in there this week and on the few plays that he's actually playing and what he could do. They have to realize he should be a bigger part of this offense. And at forty three hundred dollars for us, I think I got to take a shot at him in some places this week, Matt. Yeah, I mean you're you're not uh, you're not going to talk me out of out of playing McCall. Um, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's all, the, it's all the usual stuff with the Chiefs. Like you can, this is like the polar opposite of the Bills, right? Like you can, you can stack the Chiefs like seven different ways and feel pretty confident about it. So um, what, whatever you feel strongly about with the Chiefs, I think is probably, uh, probably a good play as long as it doesn't involve like Darwin Thompson or something. <laughs> I would I would be scared to have Sammy Watkins because if you watch that game, every time he caught the ball, as soon as somebody got near him, he dropped to the ground, which I guess it's a survive in advanced mode. But I think that he is so worried about being reconcussed that he does not want to take any hit, let alone a big yeah. hit. So he's he for me, he's ready to leave a game at any minute. But I, I know I cut you off there, TJ. So that was, that was super relatable, by the way. That's exactly how I would play football. <laughs> you know who doesn't play that way? Hunter Renfro. <laughs> I just always spill water all over my computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys are going to think I'm off the rails. It, I, yes, every piece, every real piece on the KC offense is in play. Uh, but So you mentioned Cam earlier. I think my favorite play on the Chiefs' side is the defense at home. The way they blitz, I think they're just going to go kamikaze on Cam and make him throw and throw to the wrong team, especially if Edelman doesn't play or he's completely limited. I I just have I, – I can never get that last Cam game in Carolina where he, he couldn't move and he just had to be a pocket passer. I think Kansas City is just going to go kamikaze blitz like they did last week, maybe even more so, create turnovers. But the KC defense is going to be my highest owned defense uh, on the slate this week. That's an interesting take. I, I, you know, it's Again, I, I won't lie that I, I come here on a weekly basis to get educated. I mean, you guys are good at what you do, and, and that's a really – uh, good point that you put out there. I, I, you know, I dropped them in a league last week where I had to pick up Cleveland's defense of all things uh, because I didn't want to play them against Baltimore. And it was a big week for me there, so um, I might have to hit the waivers and see if Kansas City's still out there based on that that TJ take. Matt, what do you think about that? I had Cam down. Cam at sixty four hundred dollars. Lamar did run for eighty three yards on Monday night, but he only passed for ninety seven. Uh, but is that while- true? Yeah, he passed for 97 <laughs> yards in that game and ran for a three. I knew it was uh, low. I didn't know it was that. I didn't know it was double digits low. Uh, but Cam is not Lamar anymore, right? I mean, he can't run like Lamar does. He's not going to pull it down and, and run through this. So I don't expect the 83 yards. But I thought there was some rushing upside. But I, TJ makes an excellent point, Matt. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I I don't think I've paid more than 2100 for a defense yet this year, uh, and I probably. Probably won't start this week, but definitely, definitely a compelling case for uh, for Kansas City. And uh, look, if if that's the way the game plays out, then obviously, uh, then obviously Cam is it going to be in play. But if if Kansas City jumps out to a lead, 
and you know New England can function. Uh, Cam having to play catch up can only be uh, you know a positive for him. So uh, I, he's not somebody that I'm playing, and I, I don't really I don't really love uh, love playing the the Patriots too too often in general this year, uh, just based on their speed and uh, you know how they're distributing the ball, but. Um, yeah, I I, I kind of disagree with what uh with what TJ was saying. Wow, what a different week this week with you two guys. I'm gonna have to, we're gonna have to, you know, regroup next week and get along a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> guys, any final things about this game? Well, that's it, folks. Just I'll just expand one tiny bit. This is a weird spot where I could see like a fantastic lineup having both cam and the KCD. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, just something that shouldn't make sense, but then when it happens, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I, I've seen a turnover, uh, the last two weeks, at least. I don't think he turned over week one, but, um, just seeing, I I think they're just going to go a lot of zero coverage and just say, Hey, if you beat us, you beat us. Yeah. All right, guys, this has been the On the Daily DFS podcast for RotoViz. You can catch us on Twitter at On the Daily DFS. For me, for Matt, and for TJ, we hope to see you one week from now, and we hope to see you in the green. 